Welcome to It's Time on CSN International, the daily teaching ministry from the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. On today's episode, we'll be listening to Senior Pastor Mike Kessler as he teaches in the book of Mark. Each of the four Gospels has a different approach and different audience targeted by the Holy Spirit. The book of Mark is a fast-paced, action-packed tome focused on Christ's role as a servant. By studying the examples of Christ in the book of Mark, we can learn a great deal about what our life as Christians should look like and the heart of Christ. With our study on Mark, here's Pastor Mike. Verse 25, For when they raised from the dead, they neither married nor given in marriage, but are as the angels in heaven. Verse 26, But concerning the dead, that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses? In which the burning bush passage, how God spoke to him, speaking of Abraham, saying, uh, speaking to Moses, saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, uh, and Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the God of the living. You are therefore greatly mistaken. Oh, Jesus here did not feel it was wrong, friends, to correct somebody's bad theology. You shouldn't feel that way either. Now, Jesus was not attacking them. They came attacking him. He defended himself. Friends, I don't believe there's anything wrong with defending yourselves. You know, people tell us all the time we're we're to be uh, those people that seek for peace and try to make reconciliation and do our best to bless and heal and uplift people. That's what we want to do as Christians. But when you're attacked, you, you can defend yourself. Jesus here did, and he defended the word of God. Now, friends, I want to encourage you here, because you can't defend something that you don't know. So that's why we have to know. So I I would just say a good New Year's resolution would be know your scripture, know your Bible. Now, a lot of times we say, but Mike, I'm really bad at studying. I, I, I did disastrous in my grades in school because I just had a hard time studying. Friends, I understand that. Because a lot of us have what's called short attention span theater. You know, we read one verse. Okay, I read it. Okay, I'm in a why now. You know, I mean, that's just the way we are. We, 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 our minds go. We're programmed in our society with a lot of information. They say that a lot of kids today can't watch movies that you and me grew up with. You know, It's a Wonderful Life, some of these other movies. Do you know why? Because they're not blowing a police car up every 20 seconds. Somebody isn't getting gunned down every 10 seconds. That there isn't somebody breaking windows out of a storefront every five seconds. And because the storyline moves slow, they cannot concentrate and they cannot relate. We, We have a very different mentality today. But the truths of God's word are the same. And the necessity to have God's word in your heart and in your life has never changed either. No matter what your attention span theater is like. So we have to then go back, however it is that you learn. Now some people learn through pictures. And I got to tell you, there's a, it, it, I know it sounds simplistic, but there is called the picture Bible. It's the Bible in comic book form. The truths of God's word are there. It's not an in-depth study. You can't really, but for many people that maybe have never read a Bible, it's a good place to start. It, it, it's got the comic book pictures and everything like that. It's got the words that Jesus said. It's great for, for, and especially for your kids, moms and dads. It's a great thing instead of giving them, you know, Spider Man or something else that doesn't really going to change anything in their life. The picture Bible is a great, uh, great opportunity for you to reach out to them in that way. It's something I really, really enjoyed myself. There's also ways of listening. Maybe 
listening to the scripture on tape or on CD. That's a good way to learn the Bible as well. It's also good to just read or maybe put little Bible verse cards around on your mirror or whatever. Some of you wives do that well for your husbands and that's good. But we, we all need to be ingesting the Word of God, either through Bible teaching, through His Word, through, um, through communication, through Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Sunday night, all the other Bible studies that go on here throughout the week. But, but you need to put yourself in God's Word, because, friends, that's what's going to protect your heart. Otherwise, you can hear a lie and believe it, because you have nothing to reference off of. That's what the Bible talks about in the book of Jude. That the false Bible teachers of their day were like wandering stars. It tells us in the book of Jude that they were unchartable. And the, and the reason why is that that's how they would navigate, either out in the desert by night or they would navigate on the, on the seas by night as well. They knew where they were because they could reference the stars. But a wandering star, something like a planet or something like that, you could never reference because it was in a different place every night. You never knew where you were. There's many people who reference their life off of wandering stars. It's, there's nothing solid in their life. And so they can't figure out how their life keeps never having a foundation. It, it's, it's what you're building upon determines that. So going back, there's no, Jesus said there's no greater foundation a man can lay than Christ. So we, we lay that that foundation. Jesus said it's always fun to build without a foundation. It's fast. Instant gratification. Slap some two by fours down right in the sand. Put your and we've all done this. I mean, you live in Idaho. We've gone down to the side of the water on the beach, or or up in the mountains, and put our little tent up, and everything looks really good till we get one of these windstorms that comes through Idaho about eighty mile an hour, and everything ain't bolted down. It's in the next county, and and, and we realize that. How and without a foundation, without some substance to the building, it isn't going to last. I can say the same thing. The Bible says it's the same thing about every one of our lives. The foundation is everything. And if we don't get the foundation right, friends, anything you build on it is not going to be of any substance either. You can't put brick, you might say, uh, like many houses are built out of, you can't put brick on a two-by-four foundation. It won't work. So you need to have a good foundation and just encourage in this new year to have a good foundation. Jesus here directly cites their problem. They did not know the scripture. And so Jesus referenced them back to the burning bush where Moses was talking with God. And he said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And that wasn't past tense, friends. That was present tense. He didn't say, I was the God of Abraham. I was the God of Isaac or the God of Jacob. He, he says that he was. Current tense. So then that creates another issue. There's religions around today that say, well, when you die, your soul sleeps in the ground. <laughs> New lady. Another true story. Friend. Mine used to run Sunset Memorial. And he, he said there was a lady that came in here. And, um, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. Uh, they were getting, uh, her husband had died, and they were getting two plots to go side by side. And he said, well, we have some very affordable ones over here uh, on, the, on the south end of the Memorial Park. Um, and they're affordable. And she said, well, now, isn't that close to the railroad tracks? And, and uh, he said, yes. 
And she said, oh, that clickety-clack through all of eternity, I just couldn't handle. We, we think funny things. She was serious. When we depart from this body, the, Paul says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. This body is going to turn back to dust. Now, some people say, well, is cremation wrong? Well, it's not really a biblical thing. But all cremation does is speed up what time will do and from you know 10 years to a matter of minutes. But uh, the Bible says that God's going to give us a new body. Many people say, well, what is the purpose if, if we die and our spirit goes to be with the Lord? Why do we need a body? Friends, I'm not exactly sure. But it may have to do, many people believe, with the millennial reign of Christ. That we will rule and reign with Christ. And because we're going to be on this earth ruling and reigning with Christ, it may very well be that that body is necessary to conduct what God wants us to do here on this earth for Him. There's just some thoughts about that. But the Bible says we're going to get a brand new body, one that doesn't break down, get wrinkles, uh, have the problems that all of ours do. And if you don't have them yet, you will. (laughs) You give it some time. And we all go through that, we're going to get a new body. But the Bible says, Paul says, to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. He doesn't say that we lay around in the ground and we sleep till resurrection day or anything like that. Now, one of the things we do know, our body does. And so sometimes you'll come across places and, the, and she was asleep. Her body was. It's, it's, she moved out. The, the, the little girl that was 12 years old that Jesus raised from the dead. Yeah, she's only sleeping. Yeah, that's true. Her body is. Her spirit went to be with the Lord. Now, God allowed that to come back into this little girl and come back to life again. But Paul says, I'm torn between the two. Rather to remain here with you or go be with the Lord. He didn't say to remain here with you or lay around in a cool grave till judgment day. Didn't say that. He says to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. That's very important because God is the God of the living, not the God of the dead. And furthermore, we remember that on the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus said, some of you standing here will not die till you see the Son of Man coming in His glory. And the very next chapter starts off and it says that Jesus took them up to a high mountain and He was transfigured before them. His raiment shone as bright as it could be. And with him appeared Moses and Elijah. And they were conversing with him. The disciples and Peter said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. You see, it was so overwhelming. It wasn't that these people were dead. They were in a spiritual state and that which you might say the disciples got to see Jesus fully in his, you might say, his kingdom glory, you might say, walking with the other uh, patriarchs of the Old Testament. Friends, listen, don't let people fool you concerning death. There are people around today that say, well, when you're dead, you're dead. That's it, it's over. That's not what the Bible says. God says that it's only the beginning. That's why Jesus spent so much time. You know, I don't exactly know. We have some, some definitions of it. I don't exactly know what hell is. I don't. I mean, it talks about it's a place of torment, outer darkness. Black. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it is so bad that Jesus gave up all of heaven to redeem us so we didn't have to go there. Sometimes you only know the value of something when you see what somebody had to pay for something. And eternal life through Jesus Christ cost Jesus his life, the worship of the angels, all the, all the praise of heaven 
to come down to be born in a manger and to die for our sins, to redeem us, to keep us from this place of judgment. Eternity is something I think we have to think about. You know, there's a lot of people that don't think about eternity until, unfortunately, it's too late. You think about the people in Sumatra and those other places over there in the Indian Ocean, on the shorelines when that tsunami hit. They were all having a great time, and ten minutes later, a quarter of a million people are dead. You look at this and you go, wow, death can come so fast. And that's why, really, friends, as Christians, as a pastor, my job, you might say, is to be sure you're ready when your day comes. Tomorrow's not promised to any of us. There's many of us here that knew our loved ones or maybe somebody that we knew they were here one day and the next day we find out they died. So we need to be ready. And, and, and so part of what all of our jobs is, is to have people ready for their eternity. Now that's a pretty neat commission by God when you think about it. Don't repeat the mistakes of last year. Those things that took you away from God rather than brought you closer to God. Because eternity is a long time. Again, Jesus said, He's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You serve a risen Savior. A lot of people say, well, I came to the cross and I died with Christ. That's great, but I want to ask you a question. Have you risen with Christ? Do you have his life in you? Because, see, it's not only just dying, but now it's living with Christ. A lot of times we concentrate on the dead Jesus. In fact, many times you'll see a crucifix or you'll see a cross with Jesus on the cross. Well, I think that's nice to remind us that Jesus died for our sins, but that's why you'll find, generally speaking, a Protestant cross doesn't have Jesus on it. Do you know why? Risen Savior versus a dead sacrifice. Friends, it's important that we remember that Jesus died for us. But it's more important now to remember that he rose from the dead so that we could have life, and the Bible says that more abundantly. And all I can tell you is this. You say, well, Mike, I've been living for Jesus, and all I've been is attacked and maligned and misused, and my husband or my wife left me, and my kids don't want to have anything to do with me. All I can say is, right on. Read the New Testament. Read the life of the Apostle Paul. Read the life of of anybody that really was serious about being a world changer. And you'll see that they were always under constant attack. And it was always generally by people who had a roll of scripture under their arm. It's tragic. But see, friends, it gets back to this. It's what God has called you to do. Remain faithful to your calling, what God's called you to do. God's using you. Otherwise, the devil wouldn't waste his time trying to beat you up. The devil doesn't waste time on, on, on things that don't matter. So when you experience adversity as a Christian, whether it's in your business or whether it's in your marriage or whether it's in your home or whether it's in the church, let me just tell you something. It's because you're effective. And the devil does not like effective people doing God's work. Do you know why? They change the world. And a world, the Bible said, is under the sway of Satan unto this day. You are a live fish swimming against the stream that's going downhill. Do and be what your God has called you to be. Don't let the world rip you off of what God's purpose for you is, not only on this, this earth, but through the reward that you'll have in eternity. A lot of people say, well, I just live for the moment. Well, you can. Jesus said that we need to live for him each day. So live for the moment. Believe in Christ. Don't live without any thought of 
you might say, consequences for a lifestyle. Because, friends, there's always consequences either way. You serve God, the consequences are a reward and a crown in heaven. You live your life selfishly and hurt other people, lie and malign them and, malign them and do all those kinds of things. All I can tell you is there's a consequence there, too. It's called eternal punishment. So by doing what God wants us to do, you will be blessed. The kingdom of God will be blessed, and you'll have a reward that lives forever. As Jesus said here, to these people that didn't really understand, he said, you are greatly mistaken. Friends, I think about people that are greatly mistaken in the world. People that maybe claim a form of godliness in some way, but they really don't know God at all. I thank God for each one of you that really you, you, you desire to see God do something in a world that's, again, under the sway of Satan. That the Lord would use you to make an impact in a world where people don't know Him. And you don't realize how important, if you don't get anything else out of this morning, get this. You don't realize how influential you are to your friends. And because of you, your friends can and will come into the kingdom of God. So don't get ripped off by a lie in the world that says, Ah, you're just one person. You're not going to make any difference. The truth of the matter is, you make a lot of difference. The Bible says, let your light shine. And people will be glorifying your God in heaven because they see the life of God through you. You're the mirror in which people see God. And so may each one of you just be blessed and understand how treasured and precious you are to God. In a world that doesn't know God, in a world that largely doesn't care about God. In a world that pretty much has invented their own definition of spiritual things. May the Lord give you that boldness. You know, it's interesting that Jesus didn't say again, whatever you want to believe, it's okay with me. No, Jesus said, you do err not knowing the scripture. You know, it's pretty neat. That boldness that comes from God. If you're not a Christian... Maybe you thought, you know, I came here this morning because I, I just don't want another year like I had. In fact, I don't want another 10 years like I just had. The great news for you is God changes lives. That's why Jesus died on the cross. To not only forgive you of your sins, but open the communication between you and God again. That you too would grow in your relationship with God. That God would strengthen your heart. So that you can start pulling people out of the pit And saying, it's time to go to heaven. Let's get ready to go. Don't know how long we all got. You know, it's really funny, friends. I've been looking at, um, you know, end time scenarios since I've been a Christian. And you start looking at some of the things that they're predicting for this old world. I'm not a doomist. I'm a realist. Talked to a doctor this past week. And he told me, he says, yep, we're long overdue for a global pandemic. The last one, 1918, when... uh, The Spanish flu killed um, about, uh, well, out of every, about one out of every 50 people that uh, contracted it. There were so many graves in some of the cities in America that they just couldn't bury them all. There wasn't enough caskets. I don't know what the world holds. And so the Bible says work for the night is coming when no one can work. And if you're not a Christian here this morning, I want to ask you a question. What purpose is your life other than to serve God? What better thing can you do than as Jesus said when he was 12 years old and he figured it out, I must be about my father's business. Be about your father's business. You say, well, Mike, how do I know what my father's business is? Well, first of all, the Bible will tell you. The second thing is pray and say, okay, Lord, 
Open the doors today for my, your will for my life and close the doors that you don't want me to go through. And let God guide you and lead you and he will bless you. And you will be effective in what God's called you to do. We live in a world that needs Jesus. And that is what, friends, you and me are the communicators of. To tell them that there is hope in a world that there is no hope. To tell them that there is life beyond the grave and how important it is that they find Christ so they can experience the goodness of God through eternity. And not die in their sins and be punished for that rejection of God. And living life their own selfish way. See, that's what it all comes down to. And so when we repent, we come to God. We say, okay, Lord, forgive me. I've done it my way. And my way was wrong. And when we pray and ask God to forgive us, the Bible says He does. That's the good news. You say, well, how much does this cost? It costs everything. You see, you can't just pray and say, well, Lord, I invite you into my life. I want fire insurance, but I still want to live my life my way. Friends, that that, that doesn't work. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He's looking two directions, and he doesn't know which one he likes the best. God, do I love you because of, of fire insurance, or do I love the world because of the pleasures that it offers, even though those pleasures are killing me? There's nobody in this room that has ever sinned that knows it doesn't hurt you. Isn't it true? It does. It hurts us. We, we say, oh, it doesn't hurt me. I mean, I go out and get drunk. I just, you know, I just fry another hundred billion brain cells that I don't have that many left anyway. You know, to just get up in the morning, the few you have left have to have a little holy huddle to say, hey, let's get this guy up. Cooked all the other ones. Maybe it's that we think, well, I'm going to um, live it my way. That's what it is. I'll define it all my way. The Bible says we need to go back and we need to say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to let sin rip me off anymore. I see that when I sin, I lose. That's why you don't want me to sin. But I don't have any strength within myself to stop. God says he'll help you. He'll change your nature. He'll put his spirit inside. And so we're going to pray. If you've never received Christ as your Savior, you say, I, I don't want another year like I just had. I don't want another five years like I just had. You pray and ask the Lord to come in your life. He'll change your life. He'll make it right. And he'll forgive you. And then, once again, for the first time in your life, you'll have that relationship with God that will carry you through eternity. So let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I have lived my life without you. I've rebelled against you in almost every way. So from this day forward, I invite you to come into my life. I believe you died on the cross for me. Your blood covered my sins. And so now I commit my life into your hands. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. So that I will make the right decisions. Thank you for eternal life. I don't have to be scared about dying ever again. And so now I commit my life into your hands. Make me the best I can be for you. In Jesus' name. That's Pastor Mike Kessler on It's Time. If you've missed any part of today's episode, I'd like to inform you that we offer It's Time for free as a podcast download in the iTunes store. 
If you'd like a hard copy that you can keep and share, give us a call at 800-357-4226, and the operator can help you with that. Don't forget, It's Time to Grow, Pastor Mike's book on the Christian walk is also available completely free for you by calling that toll-free number I just mentioned. Tune in next time. For more, it's time. It's time.